Hello, and welcome to AMO Kenzoku, episode 16, Potpourri, or not. Uh, we are a group of four bubblegum crisis boomer otaku who wanted an excuse to talk about anime, manga, and any related subjects we find interesting. The Kenzoku are Sam. Yo. Nick. Hello. Mike. Hey, y'all. And I am Dylan. This episode is being recorded on September 1, 2022. Today, we're doing kind of a mishmash potpourri. We'll be continuing some discussion of summer 2022 shows and a lot of other just kind of random stuff. Maybe potentially we don't expect any real spoilers, maybe something minor, but you'll be fine. So uh, I wanted to kick it off with something. And I think a few of us try to do a little bit of looking up on this because we had the question last time of how Japanese watch uh anime these days and i did some looking and really it was mostly looking and looking at a variety of shows and going through wikipedia articles and seeing where things are being broadcast and streamed so this is certainly not a scientific thing but it looks like a lot of shows are uh and i'm just going to kind of go with like the current season of shows i'm not going to get into too much history stuff but they're on basically the same major services that are in the u.s are also in japan so like netflix has a lot hulu has a lot of current stuff amazon prime has a pretty good selection as well of current season shows um there's even a good amount of reasonable amount of some on disney plus um and then the other service which seems like it's got its own service but then it is also a um like a amazon channel service that i think you can get is called a d animate for uh uh docomo animate um so it's going to be docomo video subsidiary stuff just as you can you know in the u.s it would be subscribing for like high dive either you can go through their app or you can add as a channel on uh like amazon prime um is that exclusive to phone plans or something because docomo is a phone the, company and the telecommunications giant over there that's a fair point i don't i think i tried to look at it and it did not seem it i i didn't get too deep into it but it didn't seem like it was exclusive to phone plans but it's possible i misunderstood that or just didn't look deeply enough at that i mean like nick says they they, they do more than just phones but i they know that's how i know them so it's possible it's yeah that makes sense I, I yeah i totally wasn't even I thinking mean, about that until they're, you said it. Oh, they're yeah, basically that. analogous to at&t in the states and they i mean obviously at&t does more than you know mobile they do quite a lot actually they own a lot of multimedia as well so but at&t is also kind of uh maybe a little special in that they're almost a monopoly <laughs> or a duopoly <laughs> yeah um, i mean maybe docomo is at that level but I thought they had more competition than we did. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, they have a separate, like, you know, anime store dot docomo dot ne dot jp um, as their store for that. So I don't know if I think it's, I think it's independent, and in that uh, I don't think you have to have it through a phone. But what kind of stuff is on there? Uh, honestly, I I just kind of did a, a look through, and it was like basically all of like the high tier shows from this season, like Yofukashi no Ta and Liko Rico and like, uh, black summoner, um, like 86 from the previous years when I just happened to look at, like, I'm pretty sure all of those were like on that service as well. Did, did you happen to notice how many of these shows were exclusive to one of these services? It seemed, I very, very, few it seemed like like for example i'm just looking at uh, 86 which was you know aired uh season two aired this year and like this is not uncommon but i see that it's like uh available streaming on the d animate gyao niko niku hikari tv netflix something fod uh bandai channel hulu amazon prime video jcom Telasa, uh anime something ma kanji i can't read um 
you next Rakuten TV, like uh, video market, uh, happy. Uh, uh, I know that kanji, but I can't read it right now. Um, so yeah, so they're all, it's like, it was very common to see most of these shows on like 10 different services. Hmm. Um, so it makes me feel like you could probably over there, you could probably get away with having just like the dream of just probably for the most part, having one service, maybe two, and that you could watch like everything. You wouldn't have to have like the eight services we have here. Yeah. Cause I know that they have Netflix has exclusives, obviously they like, well, they, they produce actually produce their right. own. That's why. Yeah. They co-pro. But I know that, um, at least I'm pretty sure that the, the Crunchyroll stuff that we get on Crunchyroll usually ends up on Amazon there. That's the least that's when I've looked, that seemed to be the case. Yeah. Amazon Prime had a ton of, a ton of stuff. It could also just be how the um, production companies there would prefer to not do exclusive, you know? Right. Yeah. They could just be like, yeah, if you want to, you know, air have our show on your service, then it'll cost this much. And, you know, because I, again, I'm not like super in the know about licensing deals there, but uh, I would assume that because a lot of this already airs on general broadcast television anyway, the kind of the specialness of it is already kind of lost anyway. Whereas here, obviously, to watch it legit, like, the streaming services are pretty much the only way. So there's a lot more of a uh, of a carrot on a stick sort of appeal to, you know, having exclusivity for certain shows. Like, no lie, I wouldn't ever consider touching High Dive if they didn't have, you know, Kong Ming and uh, Abyss Season 2 and, you know, Call of the Night. Like, that, that's those are literally the three shows that I'm pretty much, you know, would watch would are watching on there everything else is is whatever so i wonder if it's like i know that you know, like you say there's still broadcast tv but i think i mean there's a decent amount of stuff on like nhk and there's a lot of like like kids stuff but then i remember even in like the early 2000s uh maybe late 90s even there's a lot of um anime that ended up on satellite tv like um wow wow Wow, Wow. max yep so i wonder if that stuff has just all gone to like streaming and then they're just like if you you want it just pay us and we'll put it out there if you really want it to be yours pay us even more and (laughs) it's yours yours only yeah i wonder how much money they make from broadcast fees versus from selling merch for a lot of these things because if you're trying to sell merch obviously getting the show into the hands of as many people as possible is a strategy for doing that that's actually an interesting question too because i don't know that they make a whole lot of money off the broadcast rights do they like they don't merch is really i mean this came from freaking yamaga's mouth directly at fanime um he straight up said, yeah, anytime, you know, we're low on funding, we basically just make more merch. And back when they had Eva, it was very easy because they just released limited edition, you know, seasonal Eva, Eva goods and they <laughs> have their next show funded for the following season. Because, you know, if you have an IP that prolific, merch is really what drives most of the financials. I could swear I heard at least at one point that getting your show on Japanese broadcast television actually was a you-pay-them thing, not a they-pay-you thing in a lot of cases. I think so, because they're in like those um, like 2 a.m. slots most of the time, right? Unless you're, again, NHK or whatever, uh, then it's prime time or early morning. But that's a different market for those shows. Yeah, just looking here, I'm just looking at uh, uh, Call, Call of the Night here, and it's like, you know, started airing 7-7 and the, the main... Time slot is twenty four fifty five, but it is totally random, like five minute interval time slots, depending on which of thirty stations it's on. And then for streaming for it, um, it's it's streaming on Amazon Prime Video and Disney Plus and Netflix. <laughs> just like here, that would just be insane. You're like, oh yeah, next day streaming on something that's on Netflix and disney plus and amazon prime and then and then a bunch of those other ones that i that are 
Japanese only is FOD, Mill Plus, Unext, uh, Anime, Kanji Kanji, um, Hikari TV. Again, that Deanna, uh, Deanime store, DTV, presumably some other Docomo TV thing, this JCOM again, and then some, um, uh, Wow Wow thing, which is a streaming thing, and, uh, Bandai Channel. Those late night time slots were never really meant to be watched live anyway, was my understanding, that they were mostly for people to record. DVR, since, yeah. Yeah, DVR. Later slots. on DVR. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a such a weird thing that they have like, you know, broadcast TV is, you know, effectively dead here. Certainly overnight here stuff like because the only thing that really is a draw for broadcast TV in the US, it remains is sports. Um, but, you know, there still is all this like new anime stuff that does get its first run on broadcast channels and it's all out there at, you know, at one to one to four a.m., which is just, it just seems so weird that it's like, why is that just, it's such a weird thing. It's like, well, we have to fill a slot and eh, we can put it here and we get enough, we get enough ratings of the thing that it's better to put it here than just shut down the channel or play infomercials. Yeah. Those infomercials. Oh boy. I mean, with, with such an aging population, I wouldn't be surprised if a huge amount of Japanese people still watch a lot of broadcast tv because they're just you know they're the staunch you know uh what's the word uh, habit well yeah it's, it's a habit and they just are like you know they they refuse to adapt to new new the technology lights. yeah exactly the, yeah, the, I know. the laggers if you will so not japan but i know my parents certainly use their dvr and satellite a lot like primarily and then streaming secondarily yeah, my yep. parents do that for they, my parents basically just watch news real time and then everything else they stream these days, I think. Like entertainment wise. Yeah, they do my parents do news real time, but then also when I was there recently I caught them watching like dad watching a Law and Order marathon and I know he DVRs a lot of movies off uh not AMC, TCM, the good one, relatively speaking, for classic movies. Skiati. <laughs> I remember when I, uh, one of the times I went to Japan, I mean, the, not, I don't want to say one of the first times, because, of, but it was, it's like, you go over there expecting to see anime um, a lot, and then you realize, oh, actually, if it's not on TV all the time, and it's actually hard to find. Like, <laughs> the easiest time to watch anime is like early in the morning, little kid stuff, and then after that, if you're lucky on accident, you'll find it. Yeah, if you're up at like two a.m. and you have to be on, happen to have a channel that airs one of them. Yeah, unless you're like one of the the chosen mainstream ones, right? Like unless you're like a Dragon Ball or a One Piece, where you have a prime time slot still, because yeah, like yeah. the entire nation watches <laughs> watches that show. Yeah, or you end up on like some channel that's doing reruns of stuff. I know the one night that I actually had a chance to watch tv in japan i randomly caught an episode of city hunter oh jackpot for oh, you man you, you must have just yeah you must have been crying tears of joy what i wouldn't give like, for yes, like a, a tv okay. channel like boomerang but for classic anime oh man yeah that would be so <laughs> that would just oh man i mean that's that's my you know that's my boomerness showing through but like how that name means a lot more now ah <laughs> actually i did i was that was unintentional but yeah that that doesn't Boom. that is pretty funny yeah, boom, 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 boomerang. Or is, or is it, what it was then be spelled boomerang? Boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I still don't agree with that. I mean, if Discotech had a linear channel, I'd be tempted to watch it, but they are too smart to, unlike ADV. Do you remember when um, Viz had that thing? Um, was it Neon City, I think, or something? Where it was a linear channel? And it was a streaming thing, too. It was a streaming linear channel of anime. Huh. I, that sounded, yeah, like, vaguely... I wouldn't be surprised if there were streaming... Neon Alley? That's it, yeah, Neon Alley. Thank yeah. you. Oh, yeah, that it. rings a bell. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some streaming anime on those linear ad-supported 
free streaming channels that I never actually watch and can't remember the name of. Hmm. I actually would be surprised if anybody has anime on those things. I mean, there's one that's pretty much all mystery science theater, so I wouldn't be surprised. Hmm. I would imagine that. I don't know. I would. I would still be surprised because of the audience and the price. But who knows? There's a lot of weird stuff out there. So yeah, the Neon Alley was announced at, uh, according to Wiki, which is, you know, call it good enough here, uh, announced at San Diego Comic-Con 2012, um, so July, for PS3 and PlayStation Network monthly subscription, started, uh, launched, actually launched in October of 2012, uh, and you, like, premiered new dub series, and along with, like, Naruto, Death Note, and then it eventually added for Xbox 360. Um, and then and then in February of 2014, so not not much longer, they were discontinuing the web format and transitioning to becoming free on-demand service uh, for the U.S. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thing um, that people wanted to begin with, basically. Pluto TV was what yeah. I was thinking of, and they have... Currently, channels that are showing Bleach, One Piece, Naruto, Yu-Gi-Oh, like dedicated channels to those almost. Wow, really? Are they linear? Yeah. Interesting. Oh. Well, I mean, and I guess it's one of those things where... One dedicated to Lupin the Third, and one dedicated to Tokusatsu from Shoutcast. Or Shout Factory, rather. I mean, I guess it's one of those interesting things where probably... However, they're running the stuff. It doesn't really cost them much of anything. It's just kind of like, okay, well, we just have these channels here, and you got a couple hundred people to watch it, and that's enough to pay the bills. I gotta wonder how that how that pay structure is. Yeah, I feel like it must be cheaper for them to stream linear rather than on demand. Huh. I I don't see how though. Yeah, I feel like it should be more or less equivalent, but I don't know. I'm not like an expert on any of that I guess. back-end stuff. Yeah, I so. don't know. I know for radio, it's way cheaper to pay for linear channels versus on-demand. Like, on-demand tends to be the more, you know, what we think of as music services, and those tend to be way more expensive than what radio plays cost. Because theoretically, you can't record the radio, or it's more difficult. Oh, you're just talking about the the licensing cost, not the yeah the, the licensing cost, cost not it, the, see, mm. but not the delivery cost. Yeah, the delivery cost obviously would be similar. So I wonder. I'm not sure how much of the cost either way is licensing versus delivery. Interesting. All right. Well, I mean, this still doesn't it doesn't answer the question because uh, at least I certainly don't have any ends with actual like. Japanese otaku people to be like, hey, how do you actually, how do people actually watch stuff? Because it might be that everyone's just like, oh yeah, everyone just has Prime Video and that's it. And nobody watches it on anything else. It's there, but you don't do it. Um, or it could be something completely different. I asked in another Discord, but didn't get any service specifics, just that, yeah, it's mainly streaming. TV and video rentals still exist, but they're not what most people watch things on anymore. Yeah. Well, yeah, I forgot about the rental aspect of it. Yeah, that was a huge, huge market, way more, way, way bigger than it ever was in the U.S., particularly considering that, like, U.S., it, there was never any market for TV rental stuff. Well, Japan um, was, like, also big on, like, rental music as well. Oh, man. <laughs> that's that's basically what drove uh, Minidisc as a format in Japan yeah. for way artificially longer than probably, you know, otherwise, so... Yeah, you. That's they would so... sell you mini discs at the counter when you right. rented your CDs. Well, that's that's why you know CDs and counters <laughs> for a while were so astronomically expensive because the idea was that it was actually not being purchased by most consumers. It was going to go to rental shops, and then the rental shops would recoup by you know uh, selling selling mini discs, and people would you know rent their seed, the CD for like whatever five hundred yen, record it on mini disc, and then return it the next day. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was, the first time I went to Japan, I went and I stayed some with uh, my exchange student's family. And <laughs> he was like, yeah, this is just what we do. We just go there, we buy the mini discs, and, and we rented some Ava soundtracks and uh, <laughs> recorded them to mini disc <laughs> for me. I was like, wow, you guys are really brazen about this. Okay. 
There is some, it's, it's very interesting there because there is some stuff and this is, this is, I'm going to totally go into a completely different tangent here, but in the, uh, like the Jojinshi stuff, and I'm not going to go into specifically the arts and the circles and all of that stuff there, but just kind of like the, the wide commercialness of, of it where, and this, I just thought of this because, uh, Sam, you just shared the other day that Tora Noana is going to online only but it's just been such this like crazy huge thing where you have like the the comic cat which is what like twice or three times the size of san diego comic-con running twice a year and that's just one of them and it's all just notion stuff it's it's just such a thing that you just like if you if you try to put that in the u.s everyone would just be like dude are you trying to have like Disney just literally just like hire all the lawyers in the country and have them show up to this place at one time. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's so. Yeah, you're right though. Japan has got this such a bizarre dichotomy of like the the yeah you're, you're, you you nailed it. Where you know dojinshi is okay, but then you see like because it's almost like a grandfathered in because you see how strict companies like Toho are with copyright striking on YouTube. Like if you look at ever try to look for Japanese um anime like kind of like review youtubers they it's like a completely different format than what we're used to seeing in the west like they literally can't show even stills of the shows because the risk of being copyright struck is so high cuz they don't yeah. have a direct equivalent of our fair use law they don't japan does not recognize fair use at all there's actually a very interesting uh, a case with a oh, I feel bad. Uh, I think his name is totally not Mark. He was a a pretty big like anime YouTuber based out of Australia, I believe. Like he's definitely a, had a following, and uh, or maybe he's British, but he, not not American to say the least. But Western. His his content was very Western focused. He did a lot of like One Piece and Dragon Ball reviews, and he had you know probably a couple of hundred videos on that content and all of a sudden spontaneously like he got copyright struck to hell by toho and his channel basically got submarined um almost overnight and he actually went through like youtube you know used youtube reps and youtube actually escalated it to the point where they had people sitting in on like meetings with you know the people on the youtube jp side sitting in on meetings with people at toho and basically, they still couldn't come to an agreement, but um, YouTube's final call was, well, since... I, actually, the final decision was they would block his content in Japan, but really allow him to keep keep the videos up for the rest of of the world. So I think that was the final solution, which he was like, that's fine, because my videos aren't meant for the Japanese audience anyway. But that was like kind of the first established case of YouTube actually kind of going through the whole process of, you know recognizing that because they are an american company they kind of lean towards you know making a decision uh using their bylaws versus you know japan's bylaws and the workaround was basically you know just block the content in japan but have it accessible elsewhere i don't know if i buy though that that explains the toho's behavior right because you know obviously content id was something that YouTube came up with to satisfy Western rights holders. Mm -hmm. And they certainly do strike people all the time for things oh, that are oh, fair yeah. use. Uh, all the time. And Dojinshi exists for Toho properties, right? Like, yeah, for, but you don't so, see, you don't see, yeah, that's what I'm saying though. It's almost like stuff like that got grandfathered in. Like they, they, Toho never goes after Dojinshi circles. Well, yeah. I think as long as the doujinshi circles keep it small scale and aren't directly stealing content, like, it seems like if you do your own thing, it's more okay than if you directly lift something from the actual work. I, I don't think so, because some of those doujin circles, like, they have huge production. Like, I mean, maybe not relative to Tonko Bonds and stuff like that, but it's not like they're just, like, printing off 20 copies oh yeah some of the big circles oh, they're print, huge print tens of thousands right yeah yeah so, but yeah. i think the theory is it's only available and sold for one day so it's not an ongoing commercial project per se. well it's it not is, anymore that it, it like 
Toronto and, and Mellon Books and all those places famously, like you could go in there and buy new copies of these things. They would post sell those things on uh, consignment for the artists mm. year round. And I'm not thinking yet. It, it is totally not Mark. He was a uh, apparently Irish oh, YouTuber. Oh, I see. Yeah, Irish, this, yeah. I, I, was, yeah, I knew, I knew this, he wasn't American. That's about all. Yeah, he and this this whole thing kind of uh, it blew up uh, December 2021 through kind of February of 2022. Mm, yeah, I was I was following That's it with be, just because I was interested to. See, I mean, obviously, I felt bad because, in my opinion. He he was one of the least like as far as when you look at fair use he he was showing stills of shows he wasn't even showing segments of the episodes like he was you know literally showing like a still from the show and you know and honestly was just pre advertisement for it to the west so it, it was pretty short sighted it doesn't surprise me because again um, Toho is run by a bunch of dinosaurs and we all know yeah the the old Japanese company I mean Japanese government too right I mean we can go into a whole topic about how you know. <laughs> how decrepit the the overall leadership is over there and how short-sighted and how closed-minded they are compared to the actual population. Um, I mean, they're really like, stingy about just licensing stuff in general, aren't in they? In general, yeah. They, they are incredibly, uh, yeah, just incredibly, you know, tight-fisted and and, and pretty honestly pretty xenophobic too like they don't like get letting their stuff like toho would be satisfied would have actually probably been happier if their properties stayed exclusively in japan but i think the you know uh the aging declining population in japan kind of necessitated that they you know be play better with the west because otherwise they're you know they're not going to be able to sustain themselves but yeah, it's uh, I it, it, it's a bizarre dichotomy, and I think a lot of it is rooted in, um, like just general Japanese like xenophobia, in my opinion, where it's okay when you know, um, the dojinsi circles do it. Again, I'm I'm generalizing, um, but it's it's okay when the dojinsi circles do it because it's an inherently Japanese cultural thing, and it stays in Japan. But you know, as soon as it expands out to something like YouTube, which is still you know. It's getting bigger in Japan, but still massively more consumed in the West. I think that's where they were not not so okay with it, and that's when they, you know, went went on a ban spree. And, and it's so funny because they picked this poor guy, and it's not like he's like one of the biggest anime YouTubers. There's probably I could probably name a dozen anime content creators on YouTube that are significant, have bigger followings than and then totally not Mark, but for some reason they targeted him. So I, I, it's it's weird. I don't really get it. I don't understand the rationale. But then again, if it's if it's rooted in just xenophobia, I guess I'm not supposed to understand it because I just don't understand <laughs> that concept in general. So I know they have really harsh laws for online piracy too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, over there, even consuming it is is like punishable. Versus here, it's only it's really only distribution that's the big no no. Like if you're if you're watching, you know, if you da- if you download and watch, you know. Avengers Infinity War from, you know, Pirate Bay or whatever, like, you know, on top of risking infecting your computer with whatever gross, you know, malware, <laughs> you're generally speaking not going to really get in trouble for it. But as soon as you're busted for distributing it, that's where, you know, the big, that's where the big fines come in. So. You know, was that guy who got busted? I can't remember. Was it for, um, it was, I think it was for One Piece. I can't remember if it was downloading or uploading. Maybe he was the guy who was uploading early scans. Probably uploader. Vaguely, ever I have some vague recollection of something, and it's it's usually it's usually the uploader who's like, if they figure that person who like had it ahead of time somehow and is putting stuff up. Um, but yeah, it's it's not just like anime; it's like Nintendo. They're like they're they're crazy oh, yeah. about that too, and they've been Nintendo is you know. famously uh, difficult <laughs> to. I mean, again, going on a slight, another tangent, but I mean, I can think of three separate instances where. Basically, uh, Nintendo was go- threatening to sue uh, Evo, the big annual fighting game tournament, because they were going to host a Smash Brothers tournament without Nintendo's express written consent. And they're like, uh, what? <laughs> so th- literally, I think after that, uh, after the third time or something, Evo just stopped trying to host Smash tournaments because it's pretty, it's, Nintendo's made it pretty abundantly clear. They do not care about competitive Smash Brothers as a company. If people want to do it, it's fine, but they're not going to support it in any fashion. They're not going to, you know, fund it in any way. And honestly, they they honest they've been pretty active in 
trying to discourage it over the years. I think recently they've kind of softened their stance on the, you know, streaming of tournaments. Like, you know, you see all sorts of tournaments for Smash still, but Nintendo has not put in one thin dime into supporting it. Meanwhile, Capcom, you know, hosts an annual, you know, championship series and gives hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, of prize money away to, you know, people that play their game. So it's not even like a Japanese, which Capcom's a Japanese company, but they understand that the core of their business is the comp- these comp- these competitive fighting game, you know, players and their tournaments. So why why shouldn't they support it? But Nintendo just doesn't see it that way. And you know, obviously Nintendo's the oldest uh video game company in Japan. So So here's a question that like, keeping on kind of that fighting game. So let's let's just stick kind of I'll just stick with Capcom as a stand in for any of these companies. But let's say the Japanese arcade market didn't fall apart. Would they still have that same attitude? Nintendo or Capcom? Capcom. Oh, I'm saying I'm saying really Capcom. An arcade presence. Yeah. Yeah, that's on like that's Pokken. on. What are you talking about? Pokken. Pokken. I mean, that was a more of Namco making Namco making the yeah, game. Yeah, Namco li- Licensing it out, yeah. the, the IP out, and yeah, that it was game in the Pokemon f- store. Yeah, it was, but it also flopped because it was a Wii U exclusive and nobody bought Wii U's. Hey, there were um, there were actually arcade machines. <laughs> I can oh, get you right, if you want that, it. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe I don't know. It depends <laughs> on how much it is. Uh, but. Yeah, back to Dylan's question. You know, that's a tough call, but I think that at the bare minimum, Capcom wouldn't willfully try to get in the way of, you know, like things like Evo, because, I mean, you know, Evo's existed for 20... Well, actually, Evo itself has existed for 20 years exactly, because 2002 was the first air quotes evolution. But, I mean, even before that, you know, the B4, B5 tournaments... Granted, this predates like streaming, obviously, but you know, they people hosted tournaments and there was cash prizes on the line and all that. B two was at the movie theater by my house growing up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these are we're, we're right, these are like real going way back into the day. But you know, Capcom never tried to get in the way of stopping grassroots competitive gaming. They you know they weren't actively supporting it for quite a long time until really about two thousand like two thousand eight. When Street Fighter Four came out is where they really, you know, were were pushing it big. So, I I think it's just uh, it, it it just comes down to mentality. I think again, Nintendo's run by a bunch of dinosaurs that are just very close minded and rooted in tradition and do things their way. And obviously, it's successful because they have globally recognizable IPs that you know that yeah, they don't need it sell. like Capcom does, right? It. Right, Capcom actually yeah. is pretty dependent on interfacing with the you know their their fan base and trying to expand it continually expand it because it's more niche right so yeah i'm looking at a picture of the uh Pokken tournament arcade cabinet and it is pretty slick looking it's, it's like, a cool game but, like i honestly but, I, it, but the control the cat the cabinet itself like it literally has like a like basically like a nintendo controller that you pick up and hold in your hand like a playstation looking nintendo controller so it's not even like you're playing on, like a real like a traditional stick. lever and buttons. Yeah, yeah. It's like you pick up, and each each screen only has like one controller on it because they really wanted to make it insanely expensive so that nobody could buy that. I mean, <laughs> Nintendo's famous for never discounting their first party games, right? Like Mario Odyssey is still fifty nine ninety nine that never goes on sale unless a retailer does a special special deal nintendo will never drop the price on it yeah the the online stuff they have been doing more sales although i don't know if i've seen an odyssey one but uh some of their first party stuff has been in some discounts yeah but not their flagship stuff right like the mario zelda you know wind waker like that stuff so rarely goes on sale from on their end yeah the only one that i know is for sure is uh mario kart 8 because i that's how i got it <laughs> it was on yeah sale. I but like, oh, i mean I'll get it. mario kart 8 is also you know ancient at this point i mean it came out on wii u it's like a eight-year-old game or something excuse so. me this is the lux <laughs> different okay sure keep telling yourself yeah. okay well this has been a, a fun foray into uh some some wild unknown things there um another another thing on this and this one i don't think is going gonna go in nearly as long but I was curious because it's come up in a bunch of different shows is the line service. <laughs> um, 
Um, yeah, I don't know much about it. I'm very aware it's a thing because I've seen certain things give away like line avatars or icons or whatever. Line is basically just a you like a ubiquitous. It's the line's the rare instance of like a digital service that's been pretty much universally accepted and across all of Japan because all of my aunts over and my aunties over in Japan will will use line. They won't email me, they will line me. So I have to install line to communicate with my relatives. Otherwise, they won't communicate with me at all. It's but basically it's just a chat service. I mean, it's basically like a messenger, you know, or or you know, anybody famous uh, who understands uh who who knows the uh Chinese region. It's like WeChat, like it's basically just mm-hmm. u- ubiquitously used in Japan by everybody and it's the primary means of digital communication. It's this is what it is and it has yeah it has like stamps and avatars and you know emojis and all that stuff those were the that is the genius thing behind line though like is i for a while i used line pretty heavily um and it was just fun to browse the sticker store and there's so much stuff there tons of licensed content oh yeah those ever some some of those ever icons oh man those (laughs) are awfully tempting they're they're so funny All right, now I want to get everyone online. So, so it's can... managing to combine instant messenger with the Japanese love of exclusives and limited time only stuff. Digital commodities, yeah, basically. I don't know that they're limited. Well, I guess maybe they sell them for a limited time. I don't know. I think I once they also do like special giveaways where it's like, oh, if you show up to this event, you can get the this mm. event exclusive line. You know, Man. icon or whatever. Yeah, I want to see. I feel like that's becoming more of a thing. Some new Japan stuff, I think. Though I could be thinking of their own apps because New Japan is now owned by Cyberfight. What's New Japan? It's, it's their the WWE. biggest Japanese pro wrestling. Ah, okay. I don't know if the like all of those exclusives and things like timed limited things. Like I don't know. I feel like that all is more recent stuff that's built off of. Just the simple thing that got it popular in the first place is this the stickers, stamps, whatever. Oh, for sure. Oh, sorry. Cyberfight is the other one. Bushi Road owns New Japan. Bushi Road is 2012. part of Bushi Road is Kadokawa, isn't it? Or did Bushi buy Kadokawa? I can't remember. <laughs> but in any case, they're big. They're one. They're another mega Japanese conglomerate. So mm-hmm. I think Line actually funds a lot of or produces a lot of anime these days i wouldn't be too surprised i mean that's probably one of the handful of things that's again ubiquitous across the entire country so yeah uh-huh. yeah it looks like they have like add-on things like they've got a line music service and manga another new ticket i think they've added on all these other services and things um yeah cyberfight owns kind of the other big japanese wrestling promotions noah ddt tokyo joshi and they're apparently a subsidiary of a cyber agent internet advertising company. So, gaming and advertising conglomerates own wrestling in Japan, more or less. Well, better than how it used to be, which is the mob. True that. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. Uh, advertising conglomerates. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I was. I was. So obviously, I, I think then, then at least. Two of you have much more experience than I have with Lion because I really, I just kind of like heard of it from the shows that I can remember of it being a thing. It was in uh, Kaguya Sama in like season three. Kaguya, who's she's like this super rich girl who never has like a phone, and like she finally like gets a like a normal smartphone, so like she can like, and everyone's like, "Oh, you can install Lion." She's like, "What? What's that?" And everyone's like, what the hell's wrong with you? You don't even know what that is. Um, Like the whole episode revolves around trying to get her line ID or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And that the whole, yeah, their, their whole shtick of the show of the, each other trying to get each other's line ID and, and such there. And then, um, and then in just in, I think it was one of the, it was episode. Call of the Night just referenced line with her ancient cell phone. (laughs) Yeah. Where she. She has her sweet her sweet Nokia flip phone that 
she finally has. To, oh no, I that's mean, right. She had the flip phone. She had she had like the eighties like car phone. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, right. which yeah. is so good. I, I'm thinking of Isekai Oji's song where he's like looking through online auction <laughs> sites to find this ancient technology. Like this is the latest. Look, it rotates. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so cool. It's like uh. That's 2G. It may not even like get signal. Yeah, the service ended like <laughs> five years ago or whatever. Yeah, just the, the generation gap was last show was freaking hysterical. Yeah, I think uh, circling circling back to uh, a completely unrelated thing earlier that I was just reminded of with the funding of things and talking about Eva merchandise. Well, I happened to go on a uh, with the Asus Republic of gaming oh, which rob, is like their yeah. game yeah their gaming thing and like on the front page there you can buy a whole bunch of eva merch licensed uh like video cards and yeah, keyboards yeah, yeah. and I mice like, and monitors yeah, I, and everything I, I remember linking that in the uh, discord a while back i was <laughs> yeah. frustrated because it came released like three months after i bought my brand new freaking corsair pc i'm like but i should have just waited for this i would have <laughs> i would have I would have bought all of the other stuff. I mean, it's all... It, it, and then I think about two years prior, they did the same thing with Gundam, where everything was like RX-78 color-coded. It looked really cool. Like, some of those video cards look really nice. Like, the white, yellow, red, blue. I can see that being scheme. good. Yeah. Some of some of the EVA stuff on there I saw, I was like, it's cool looking, but I've, I felt like it went to, like, the bad EVA licensing stuff, where it's just like, it's EVA, so we'll throw in, like... 8,000 words and 100 different colors and danger everywhere. And it was just, to me, a lot of it felt like it was just, it was just too much for my aesthetic choice. Yeah, for, for me, I would, I would just take like the silkscreen nerve logo on the side panel and I'd be more than okay with that. Yeah, there was, it was all gone. It was, it was a little extra. I'll, I'll describe it there. It's a little extra, but it's still cool. But yeah, again, someone someone there wanted to uh, pay for a show or something. So maybe that's what they were doing to pay for. Maybe that's what they did to pay to make. Uh, uh, was it the the bad uh, mob parent show that's airing? Oh, Yakuza Guide to Babysitting. Yeah, I don't think Gaina is getting any Ava money. As far mm-hmm. as I know, Kara gets Kara all of that at all this of it, point. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah it, that's just true. Um. I want to put that aside because I need I need to have a whole separate episode on, well, call it the end the end of, end of Gynex, <laughs> end of Evangelion. Um, I need a whole another one because stuff's gone down and I don't know anything about it and and, and y'all keep talking about it. Um, uh, I did kind of want to come back around to spring. Oh, actually, hang on before doing that. Before doing that, Sam, you had a thing that you wanted to uh, to talk about here with the exchange rate. Oh, yeah. Well, just noticed today that the exchange rate is 140 yen to the dollar. So uh, has it ever been worse than that? I can't recall it ever. Before. Not in a long time. Yeah, not in a long time. Yeah. So what what's what's the best way? What should I do to capitalize on this? Um, oh man! Well, um, aside from aside from uh, crowdfunding the new Wild Arms game, and, <laughs> <laughs> which paying the the exchange rate there, I was like, well, it's a it's a ten thousand yen, which is like, oh, it's like sixty bucks. Okay, well, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> oh, um, notice that was in yen. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was in yen. yen. The Kickstarter is all in yen. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. What's the what's the best what's the best uh money investment? Is it to uh see if you can, you know, purchase more cop more ludicrous copies of, of Eva Blu-rays and DVDs and stuff at reduced prices? Um mm. is it to look for insane limited edition releases of of things and get them get them on the cheap? Um just buy out super potato. <laughs> yeah what is super potato oh man they're one of the most prolific like used game shops i mean sam you're oh, you actually okay. have, actually have gone there so yeah they're a legendary yeah used retro used game shop in and everything and because it's japan like all the boxes are like immaculate so you can yeah. probably find mint copies of you know like final fantasy 6 and chrono trigger and things uh... you know here that only you know collectors would froth at the mouth over basically yeah, the yeah. last time it was above 140 was August 1998. Wow. Oof. And well, look, I don't see any sign of it stopping, so. 
like it hit that between at various times between June and August. Yeah, I mean, their 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 current. I I don't know if you guys have seen, but the, the one of the newest like programs to try to stimulate the economy is the government's actually encouraging young people to drink more. What? <laughs> this, what? Is, this, yeah. is, this isn't actually an official <laughs> statement. Basically, because you know Japan has a fairly high alcohol tax, um, <laughs> they they're trying to encourage young people to go out, you know, go out with their friends and go to izakaya and drink more. It's like, wow, that's a real big turnaround from the whole, you know, all izakaya have to, sh- you know, close at 8 p.m. and can't serve <laughs> alcohol and all this, you know, all this stuff. Which, to be fair, during peak pandemic time, I could kind of fathom. But mm-hmm. now it's like, Japan's rates, infection rates are at an all-time high and they still have very restrictive traveling. So it's, international travelers aren't causing the rampant spreading it's japan and gen- even japan in general is just experiencing a, a wave of infection due to you know people just going back to behaving normal going to going to obon going to you know fireworks mm-hmm. festivals with you no know, shoulder to shoulder jam-packed i mean even if, if you're that close, a mask, a mask yeah a comic a mask isn't going to do anything when you're that close to people so you know but but no, no, no. There's still, still very restrictive travel guidelines. Like I believe the only way you can get in is with a tourist visa, and you have to do it through like a like a an accredited travel agency. So you're gonna have to grossly overpay, probably. Yeah, I yeah you have to apply I for your visa and be on a guided they were tour. Just lifting that. I'll see if I can find the site. I mean, they're going to that. they're going to have to because otherwise it's. I mean, Kyoto is basically bankrupt from what I've been reading. Like because tourism completely cratered and i think they're sitting at like negative money for quite a couple quite a number of years now at this point so yeah yeah they need to open it up (laughs) come on i'm ready like so many weebs want to give japan money right especially now these exchange rates i know and then of course as soon as they open the tidal wave of you know influx of of uh international money will make it you know strengthen the end again but that's the point right so. Yeah. Okay, yeah, right. so it looks like next week, September 7th, they are finally allowing non-escorted visitors on package tours. So in other words, you have to be on a, you know, package, but it doesn't have to be fully guided. Oh, you still okay. have to overpay to be told where you can go. Exactly. And there's a daily arrival cap of 50,000, but that's higher than the 20 I think it's 20,000 right now. They're they're open. They're upping it to fifty thousand. It is twenty, yeah. and they're upping it to fifty. I remember I read that. Are they still? Re- but do you still have to apply for a visa? Because my understanding was that I the automatic with... visa was just suspended. I forget. It's it's some of those things. Were just like uh, my wife and I were looking to take a trip in November. She's quitting her job and getting new, and we're kind of like, well, maybe to Japan. And we're looking. We're like. Dude, it's like we'd love to go like we actually have time we could afford to go and it's like we can't go it's like it's so impossible to figure out whether you can go and then you get yourself all set and then all of a sudden they're just like oh no you can't come anymore we don't care yeah so we're i like, can't just no, waltz I'm in i'm not going like that's <laughs> yeah it's kind of like you know it's already a big like i can kind thing. of understand having to jump through a few hoops like i'd be okay landing and taking uh, uh, an antigen test at when I land, like I'm fine doing oh, yeah. that. That yeah, doesn't yeah, bug me whatsoever. That. You know, like that's not a, an issue for me. Hell, even if they want me to quarantine for like even two days and then test again, like I that still wouldn't really upset me. But the arbitrariness of the regulations is what's really frustrating. It's like none of this is going to do anything to you know slow. Any potential spread of COVID, so it's it doesn't make any sense. Like the the, the costs are outweighing the benefits at this point, right? Like yeah, ma- massively. Like it's it's at like a, a very critical juncture now. Where they're, I mean, Japan's been a, been a massive state of decline for a while, right? I mean, their aging population, et cetera, et cetera. Like they're already kind of you know doing on their way to to ruin as a nation but now they just kind of hit the fast forward button for a while because yeah. because of the way their covid response was like initially they were amongst the best in you know the response and they had lowest rates and then now that 
everything's kind of you know restarted there it's not looking looking super great also just the new variants are so much more contagious that the measures that worked fine before may not cut it well yeah specifically you know hyper infectious uh variants in a, a city like tokyo where it's hard to walk more than five feet without bumping into a person. So mm-hmm. I, I will, uh, keeping with the exchange rate, you can, at Super Potato, you can pick up a copy of uh, Ikaruga for Dreamcast for 55 US. That's an actual steal. <laughs> Dang. I mean, I think, I think a US copy of that is, wait, did they release that here? And yeah. Not on, Dream, uh, wait, on Dreamcast. No, Dreamcast uh, was import well, only, right? Oh, well, it's been it's been released digitally on every yes. console. I know oh, yeah, that it, it recently it's been released digitally, but I'm saying initial release. I think Dream it was only Dreamcast JP to begin with. So I have maybe, a yeah. I have an import GameCube copy. It was released domestically <laughs> on GameCube. You're right. No, mine's an import one. Oh, yours is. I don't an know. If, okay. Yeah, I don't know if Man, it was there. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, that's... I, the 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 boomer hmm. dementia is coming, and I don't remember. <laughs> the I used to, I used to know all this stuff inside out. Now I can't remember. Um, also, you can get a copy of uh, Dreamcast Garo Mark of the Wolves for 32 US. Oh, so that's you, actually a steal. Okay. I, I, I fortunately have my domestic copy that I bought at launch for $30 US, but I know yep. that's, that's I'm in the minority there. So. Got my MBS I was card. looking. Oh, yeah, you got you have your freaking actual arcade card. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the best. Um, I was looking through their Sega Saturn stuff, and I could not find a copy of the number one Saturn game ever. So, what, Guardian Heroes? Know. Yeah, <laughs> that, I mean the U.S. version of that game is goes for hundreds of dollars on uh, on eBay. I mean my my best friend uh, from high school who's a who's who's literally the American version of Isekai Ojilan. He's a diehard Sega fanatic. I mean he's he owns one of the two thousand U.S. copies of Panzer Dragoon Saga, and I think those eBay for like thousands of dollars now. It's yeah. it's it's ridiculous. But but yeah, Guardian Heroes was was a pretty amazing game. Yeah, he wasn't wrong. <laughs> it was it was criminal to rate that as low as it was. So uh since since we've now we've taken this this sidetrack, uh or curious, I was curious, um Mike, did you get a chance to watch any of Isekai Oji san? Oh yeah. I ended up watching catching up on it and also watched Call of the Night. Ended up binging both of those because <laughs> they're so good. Did anyone did anyone watch Doomsday with my dog? Still have not. Not yet. No. Not okay. yet. Right. I thought about it, but didn't That's have fine. a chance yet. I'll I'll say that I did um I did watch uh I did pick up and start watching more of the U Ray Deco, and I think that show is pretty cool. I I'm definitely yeah. it's it's cool. I like it. I think it's got a really good soundtrack too, and um the art is art's way cool. I think it's a pretty it's a good show. It's uh, yeah, it's it's, it's different enough than um, this is the Yuasa one, or not Yuasa, but a uh, Science Saru. Yes, yeah, it's that's Science, a Science Saru. Yep, I have that open to check out. Yeah, that one's that one's pretty good. Um, yeah, and it's getting a little darker, which I'm okay with. I don't know my my tolerance for darker is is kind of been completely overfilled by Abyss too. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean it's <laughs> nowhere near the Abyss scale. And then the game's uh, out tomorrow. <laughs> oh, oh man! <laughs> oh, jeez. We'll have to That's just rude of report them. on that. Yeah, my I I of course had to get the collector's edition because it has it has more art. So. Ooh. No, no abyss map though. That was my biggest disappointment. Oh, that was like know. a huge potential. What they do have is a is an exclusive uh, cloth print from Kinema Citrus. The image itself is, I think, um, like air quotes secret. So it, it, I'll, oh. I'll I'll report on what it's how good or bad it is when when I get my <laughs> copy in. But hopefully, it's not just the key art for the game. Um. Probably not because the the default key art is literally just the island, the abyss island. So that would be a huge oh. letdown. Um, I'm bad. pretty sure it should at least have Rico and Reg in it. But yeah, well, that's kind of what I was thinking of. I guess we'll find out. Not anime, but I also got kind of sucked into Star Trek Lower Decks. Oh, is that animated? Is that like the adult comedy like animated series? Yeah. Okay. It's very like you know ninety TNG a bit of DS9 and Voyager thrown in, so if you're familiar with those, you'll get most of the references. It has a bit of TOS, you know. 
but the re- it's still funny even if you don't get all the references. And it's generally well done and better than I was expecting, honestly. It's uh, Paramount uh, Plus? Okay. Yeah, it's Paramount Plus. I think they have some first steps on YouTube, possibly. Oh man, that does remind me. Speaking of YouTube, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but um, classic manga slash anime Oi Shinbo has a YouTube channel. Wait, what? Yeah. Like, it's really? like they just have episodes up there. It's like official. Oh, interesting. They have in the past wiped their channel and started over again, though. So I don't know if they're like treating it like a semi-linear thing. Huh. Um, but yeah, it's there in English or, you know, not dubbed or anything, but like there's a pretty sure there's, it's uh, subtitled. They wow, that's versions. astonishing. I mean, that that's a that's a classic among classics. It was serialized for decades, though. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I read some of the manga when Viz was putting it out, but hadn't thought about it in a while. Yeah, famous gourmet manga. Man, one of the originals, I have to imagine. Oh, yeah. Oh, it has to be, for sure. Any other uh, spring shows? There's a couple others. Uh, that people had said they'd seen didn't really mention anything of the Futo P. I think Nick. Oh, uh, Futo, Futo, Futo P.I. Yeah. Futo, yeah. Oh, it's it, P.I. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not, not, not that it was bad, but um, I, I watched the first ep kind of because I fell asleep like <laughs> 15 minutes in and woke up for the last five minutes. Uh, mostly because I was exhausted when I watched it, but not that. Don't let that be like a, a a barometer of it being good or bad. But from what I, what got me interested in it was, as far as I can tell, it's supposed to be like a spinoff of of off of like Common Writer, is what I could tell. Yeah, Common Writer double. Yeah, is is what it looked like to me. So I was like, oh, okay. But they animated it cool. But then there's like at least the first episode. There's no real like mention of it. It it kind of had the your typical you know uh if it honestly felt like a uh a story segment from like one of the yakuza games like just except <laughs> instead of being uh uh one of the uh, yakuza character you're like the the pi character but again not a bad thing um honestly i i hard to have a make a judgment call on it because i've only watched an app but I, I definitely will want to watch more just because i'm a huge tokusats fan so it, it's hard for me to tell so like i watched the original common writer double the tokusatsu you know the live action version and this is almost like a retelling, I guess, of the show. Like all the same main characters are in it. It's some new ones. The um, uh, what's her name? So it's basically like an anime adaptation of it. Yeah, which is weird, but I mean, it's cool because I like Double a lot. Um, he use like all the same like sound effects and stuff from it. It's it's kind of great. Um. And it, yeah, it's animated pretty well. I've watched uh, three episodes now, um, and it's still animated pretty well. So I don't know if you like Common okay. Writer, worth checking out. I don't think I honestly don't think I've ever watched any Common Writer stuff. I've seen like all sorts of things that are like based or influenced by that thing, but I've never seen any actual Common Writer. So I check it out if I got some if I got some time and. I was super annoyed because I went to go watch You're Under Arrest because it was all up on uh, the uh, on High Dive, but it's the dub. Oh, right! What? I ran into that too. Wait, what? I, I, yeah, it's, I watched it's the. I watched Eps in Japanese though. No, you did not. I definitely uh, did for <laughs> part of it, at least. Are you sure you weren't asleep? I no, I was definitely awake. <laughs> but. Huh, that's right, weird. I'll... So I wonder if some some of them are dubbed and some of them are not. That's, that's I, I thought it I thought it might be that. So I spot checked like six different episodes and like they were all dubbed. Huh. That's bizarre. I yeah. didn't even know they dubbed that show, honestly. Yeah, why? <laughs> I I was I was hoping I was like, well maybe I'll get to episode thirty nine and they'll it'll be one of those shows they stopped dubbing after episode seventeen, or like halfway through episode seventeen, they just stopped dubbing. And then, uh, and then I could just, they just have me sub, but that's not the case. Hmm. What Weird. the heck? That has to be a mistake. I don't understand. <laughs> There's more rights involved in a dub than a sub, right? 
Who knows? I I don't know anything about that, honestly. Huh. Yeah, it looks like the original You're Under Arrest TV is dub only on High Dive, and then the two sequels, Season 2 and Full Throttle, are sub only. So, why? I couldn't tell you. Those were... Hmm, yeah. That's weird. Yeah, it's so unfortunate, because some of the first season is good, and at least fun. I mean, the original okay. the original OVAs are excellent. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they are. They are really good. They're yeah. fun. Um, all right, well, this was a, uh, a fun pickup episode that ended up a little, actually, a bit more focused than I think we kind of thought it was going to be at, uh, at first, but we still managed to ramble our way through. So, with that, I'm just going to cut it here and say thanks for listening. And until next time, this is Amo Kenzoku saying Sarabha.